Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10 a.m. or 4 p.m. service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. What a great song that is. Just say the name of Jesus. I've never heard that before. That was awesome. So good. How we know the name of Jesus is powerful. Amen. Things shift and move and shake when you start declaring his name over the circumstances of life. I was, um, we had a great day yesterday, or at least I did. I hope everybody else did. And, uh, you know, just um, so appreciate those of you that came and your openness to the Word of God. And we're just continuing to pray that the Lord will work in your life with some of the things we're talking about. And, uh, you know, you'll find a full expression of the intentions of God in and through your life. Yesterday afternoon, I'd said to Daryl when we were driving back from the seminar yesterday, and she said, how you how you fixed for tomorrow, speaking of this morning, and said, you're ready to go? And I said, yeah, but I've got a very short sermon. So everybody goes, well, praise God, right there. My name's Forlong, but I won't speak for long. But anyway, um, anyway, uh, so what happened, I spent yesterday afternoon, I was just sort of praying and the Lord began to open up another passage for me, which has nothing to do with what I'm going to speak about this morning. But I feel that there's a prophetic thing that God is releasing over the house right at this time that I want to speak into for a moment or two before we get to the message this morning. And the Lord began to speak to me from John chapter 5, which is uh, the story of Jesus going to the pool of Bethesda. And Bethesda was a place where uh, the waters of the pool would be troubled and stirred up and uh, people that got into the water were uh, instantly healed. It says of every kind of disease and sickness, whatever their problem was. And so gathered around the pool was a multitude of people that were sick and diseased and crippled, waiting for the troubling of the water. And you know, the name Bethesda, there's two meanings to the name. Uh, One of the meanings is a house of mercy or place of mercy, because it was a place where the mercy of God was poured out, where healing and miracles and, and, and life transforming power encounters took place on a regular basis. It also means flowing waters. And you know, in Scripture, when we read about the moving of waters and the flowing of waters, it always talks about a move of the Spirit of God. It always talks about the place of His power, of His presence, uh, of, the, of the life of God flowing. And, and Bethesda, so it's this place where the mercy of God is seen, where people's needs are met, where um, a place of miracles and possibilities. There's ongoing miracles. It actually says every disease, every affliction, uh, they were healed from instantaneous miracles. How many could get excited about that? It's a place of the mercy and grace of God. See, see, the mercy of God and the grace of God, you don't deserve it, you can't earn it, and you can't negotiate for it. God just pours it out because He loves you. He loves people, see. So while I'm thinking about this and the Lord's stirring this in my spirit, 
the Holy Spirit said to me, I call Church Unlimited Bethesda. I call it Bethesda, a place of miracles. And I feel like the Lord was saying to me that the season has shifted. The season has shifted and increasingly, and I'm declaring and prophesying to you this morning that we're entering into a season of an unprecedented move of the Spirit of God in miracles and power and signs and wonders to bring glory to God and to bring an impact and a shift of what's happening in the atmosphere over this region and over this city and to see a great harvest for the glory of God come in. Come on, somebody. A place where the Spirit of God is being poured out in an ever increasing measure. And uh, Liz, the Lord said to me uh, that he's, there's a fresh anointing coming on the worship team, but your past training, your expertise, your paradigms, your reference points are going to be messed up. You're going to find yourself uh, moving into a flow that you can't explain. You don't have past references to, to, you know, to work with in relation to that, but there's going to be a flow in your spirit. And so it's almost going to be like you've got to lay aside the music score and, and, and all of that and just go with the flow because it's going to release a prophetic breakthrough anointing over the house and the presence of God intensifies. He lives, He increases. We become more aware of His presence in the midst of worship. And so there's a fresh season coming. Uh, Pastor James and Paula, one of the things the Lord said to me was that he's, look, he's been looking for a people and He's been looking for a place and He's been looking for leaders that will model something entirely different. Where there's good leadership, there's good structure, there's good organisation, there's systems and things in place. But over top of that and overlay that there is a move of the Spirit of God that is unprecedented. And it's almost like there's a conflict. And so what's happened is there are leaders in churches that can deal with one or the other. There are people that have got a move of God and they're pursuing the Holy Spirit, but they're weak on structure and organisation and leadership skill. But God says, I've chosen you. I've appointed you to model something different so that you've got leadership, organisation, structure, but a powerful move of the Spirit of God. And even at times it will seem like they're in conflict, but the Lord says, I have anointed you, I have appointed you, and I have equipped you to negotiate between those two things. The flow of the Spirit, being able to let go, being able to flow and move and and go with the waves and the, the waves of glory that are beginning to build over the place, but at the same time, be able to understand and negotiate through leadership and, and structure and, and so the two flow together and God says I've appointed you so that you model something different and you won't be able to look at other places and other people, things that have gone on and say we're going to be like that, we're going to be like this. No, it's something unique that He's created you for, something different and people will come to you in the days ahead and they'll say, Pastor, how did you do that? How do you work that? What are the keys to go to where you've gone? Oh, Father, thank you. Oh, whoo! Come on, somebody. Where's um? Where's Kimberly? Where are you? Oh, you're there. This is what the Lord said to me. In times in the past, you have seen things of the moving of the Spirit which you haven't necessarily understood. 
It was like in embryonic form, God exposed you to things going some time back. But the Lord says, now uh, it's not going to be embryonic. It's not going to be a seed because the seed was sown there. This is the harvest. This is the time of the mature expression. And so it's, I can see you walking into places, walking into situations, and you already know what's going to happen. You know what it's like. You, be, you feel like I've been here before. You haven't actually been there before, but you feel like you have because there's things that are in the past that God's going to re- like resurrect and mature that begins to, uh, just, it's almost like he catapults you into another realm. It's not something that's, um, that's, that's so much like a progressive learning thing. It's like God is about to pick you up and take you from where you are into where he wants you to be to begin to bring a significant breakthrough in the youth across this place. This is not a small thing. This is not a small thing. This is not a small thing. This is something significant, something unique, something powerful, something that can only be described as the visitation of God and the, and the re, uh, revelation of the kingdom of God in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> How you doing? I'm having fun. I don't know about you. You know, the Bible opens with miracles. The first miracle we read about in the Bible is God saw darkness and He said, let there be light. And there was light. And He separated the darkness from the light and He called one night and He called the other day. Do you realise that was four days before the moon and the sun and the stars were created? (laughs) That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Because you all thought he created the moon and the sun and that was the, what brought about the light and the, and the day and night. But actually he did all that before he created that. It's amazing. The God we serve is just amazing. And all through Scripture you read about these incredible miracles. You read about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, shake the bed, make the bed and into bed you go. You know, and, um, and they get thrown... <laughs> They get thrown into a furnace that is so hot that the guys that tie them up and throw them into the furnace get burnt up by the fire. And they walk around in the furnace. They walk around in it. And when they come out, there's not even the smell of smoke on them. Their hair hasn't even been singed. That's the God we serve, friend. You might find yourself in the fire, but it won't harm you. He'll walk with you in the fire. The king that threw them in. He said, didn't we put in three? But I can see four walking in the flames. And the fourth one looks like a son of God. (laughs) I just love that. Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. And you know, back then when the kings had absolute authority, those lions were kept for unfortunate human beings to be fed to them from time to time. They used to eating people. So Daniel gets thrown in. How many know his chances are pretty slim? He's in there all night. I think he slept, curled up with the lions. He wasn't harmed. He wasn't touched. God shut the mouths of the lions is what Scripture says. Oh, the lion might roar at you, friend. You might find yourself surrounded by things in life 
that you feel like are going to devour you, are going to destroy you. But if you will lift up the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and those that come in under it, it says the righteous run to it and are safe. (laughs) Uh, So I want to talk about miracles this morning. And I want to, I want you to, so often we use the term miracles in relation to physical healing. But I want you to understand that God wants to move by His power in every area of your life. I was ministering in, the, in a regional centre called Kyabram down in, in regional Victoria uh, some time ago. And uh, we were doing the services there. And on the Sunday night, as I was coming towards the end of the service and, uh, and just really praying the over some people and closing out the meeting. And uh, it's in a grain growing area. So there's a lot of crop growers. It's a rural area. And the Lord said to me that the crop growers that are here in this service, if they will believe me, they will get this year double the biggest harvest they've ever had. Now, this was quite late in the season and it was drought. So that word was pretty crazy. And I just, I just shared it with the people. I said, this is what the Lord's saying. And, uh, and if you want to take a hold of that, I want you to go home and I want you to walk around your farm and prophesy to the crops and call forth a super abundant harvest, the twice what you've ever had. So, so, you know, we go on our way and you kind of forget about those things and get on with life and what you're doing. I was back there 12, 18 months later. And as I walked into the church and I'd forgotten all about that. And a couple of women came up to me and they said, do you remember that? And kind of went, oh yeah, I remember that. And um, they had both been in the service that night and neither of their husbands had been. One was, um, they were both home looking after the kids and one was an unchurched, unsaved person. And the other one was a Christian man. And so the wives went home to their husbands and told them what I had prophesied. And both of the husbands said to their wives, that is not possible. We're too far through the season. You can see the heads of grain are already set. And one of them was a hay grower. They said, we can see the crop and it's sparse. It's not possible. But the Christian man said to his wife, but let's lay hold of it. And the next day they started wandering around the farm and prophesying and speaking to the crops. And the other husband who was unsaved said to her, you're nuts, it's not possible, you know, just crazy, we're drought, this, that, and the other. She said, well, I don't care, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to go and do what what the prophet said. So off off they went. So what happened was this, The, the husband, the Christian husband, a couple, you know, they were grain growers. And they got double the best harvest they'd ever had. Double the best harvest in impossible circumstance. The other one, they, they grew hay. And the, the unsaved husband, you know, wouldn't agree to anything. And so she goes ahead and, and prays and prophesies and does whatever. And, um, and so the husband, when it comes harvest time, of course, they get contractors in to cut the hay and bale the hay. And so the husband would never tell her what the tonnage was off the land. But what he complained about was the contractors charged him twice 
what he'd ever paid for his biggest crop before. <laughs> and they get charged according to the tonnage. Why do I tell you that? I tell you because don't restrict God. Don't limit him. You know, you've got to position yourself to hear what he's saying and act upon it. That's why our devotional life, our time with Jesus, our time building relationship with Holy Spirit is so important. And, uh, you know, I was promoted going back into the corporate arena some years ago. I was promoted way beyond my experience and expertise. You know, a marketing manager's job of a large uh, manufacturing engineering company and I was responsible we had 18 companies in the group and I was responsible for five companies the product range from those five different companies and one of the product ranges was uh, arguably the best vacuum pumps for the dairy industry in the world and we exported them to 24 different nations around the world a big range of, of vacuum pumps to suck the milk out of cows anyway and um <laughs> And, and my job, because the lead time of production was eight, nine months for some of these products. And so my responsibility is to predict what we can sell in the different markets around the world and order production on that basis. And this is long before computers and market research and all of that. And I'm way out of my depth. and I have any idea what I'm meant to do and how I'm going to do it. So you know what I do? I go into my office. I learned how to pray. I learned how to hear from the Holy Ghost. So I'd say to my secretary, don't let anybody disturb me. I'd lay documents out on the desk and walk around them and speaking in tongues. And when God showed me something about a particular nation and product range, I would order production based on that and I'd start to prophesy into the market. I'd start to call it forth. And we had product ranges that have been in the market with a high market share in the market for 20 years. And the first year I was in charge of it, our, our sales went up. 30% on average across the five product ranges I'm responsible for. So the boss, the, the, the directors thought I was wonderful. They think I'm amazing. If they'd known what I was doing, they probably would have freaked out and socked me, sacked me or whatever. But I tell you, not because I'm smart, but because I serve a miracle working God who's committed to you living a successful, abundant life and His power is available for every area of your life. I want to talk to you about miracles. Maybe you got that. <laughs> I want to talk to you about what Jesus meant when he said you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want to explain the purpose of Pentecost. And it can really be summed up in three words, miracle working power. Jesus said the reason the Spirit of God is to be poured out is so that you, and I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to the person next to you, I'm talking to you, so that you will receive power and you will give evidence and witness and testimony to the fact that I'm alive, I'm well, and resurrection power is flowing in the church of Jesus Christ. So there's three things that we really need to know. One is that Jesus came to introduce and establish the kingdom of God in the earth through His teaching and through His miracles. He brought heaven to earth. 
The second thing is that he taught and trained and empowered his disciples and followers to preach the same message of the kingdom of God coming and extending the kingdom of God through their preaching and through their miracles. And then the early church, if you look at the book of Acts, preached the same message. They revealed and extended the kingdom of God through their preaching, through their lifestyle and through their miracles. And we would say, turn the world upside down. Actually, they turned it the right way up. And, and see, the petition that Jesus taught the disciples to pray uh, was, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first prophetic message that Israel heard after almost 400 years of silence and John the Baptist comes on the scene and he says, Repent, the kingdom of God is near. And then uh, we find that Jesus later said, I give you the keys of the kingdom and keys unlock things. So he said, I'm going to give you the ability to unlock heaven on earth, to bring kingdom to earth, the kingdom of God. And Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven, interchangeable names, meaning the same thing that you can bring. I'll give you the ability to bring the atmosphere, the power and all of the culture of heaven into the earth. What a powerful thing. And so he said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's to be our first priority, seeing the kingdom of God come. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. The word gospel simply means good news. So He's saying that all around the world, the good news about the kingdom of God is to be preached as a witness to give evidence of the kingdom of God being in the earth today. And, and notice it's the gospel of the kingdom that's to be preached, not the gospel of salvation. The gospel of salvation is different. The gospel of the kingdom is more inclusive. It's a more powerful message than just the fact that Jesus saves and gives eternal life. That's a powerful thing in itself. But the good news of the kingdom is the evidence of the kingdom is here in all the miracle working power and glory of God. Say, God is here. And the primary message of the Bible, of course, is that God is knowable. He wants to both reveal Himself uh, to mankind and to participate in a deep and meaningful relationship with every human being. And in order for that to become a reality, God has always sought for a group of people that will model that to the rest of the world. That's what Israel was meant to do. They were called to be a prophetic nation, to model what it was to live under the favour and blessing of God so that other nations would look at them and know how to live life successfully and effectively. And of course, they failed. And because they failed, God sent Jesus, which was always the plan. And Jesus came to reveal the Father and reveal the realm of heaven, the Father's realm, to be seen in the earth. And that's what He did. He brought heaven to earth. He revealed the Father. The Gospel clearly portrays that His message and, uh, and the way he ministered brought the reality of the atmosphere, the provision, the power of heaven invading the earth through Jesus' life and ministry. Hallelujah. 
And he says in John 10 and, uh, and verse 37 and 38, I love this. He says, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. And if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I've done, even if you don't believe me. <laughs> and in, in John 14, 11, he says this, believe me when I say that I'm in the father, the father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. See, miracles validate the message and the messenger. I remember God saying to me ages ago, uh, 1984, end of 1984, he began to speak to me out of the passage of Elijah calling down fire from heaven. And, you know, when Elijah stands between before uh, uh, Israel, which had gone off into paganism under uh, King Ahab, and he says, if Baal is God, uh, let's serve him. And if God is God, let's serve him. And the Bible says the people didn't answer. And the Lord said to me, you know why they didn't answer? Because they couldn't discern the answer. They knew. And in fact, um, hist- uh, commentators and historians would tell us they had probably 600 different gods in the nation that fell under the overall title of Baal. In other words, there were all sorts of gods. So he stands up and he says, listen, we need to sort out who God really is. So if Baal is God, let's all serve him. And if, if, if the Lord Jehovah is God, let's all serve him. So what do you think? And the people go, we don't know. So, so then God says to him, you know, then Elijah says, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's uh, sacrifice a bullock and, and you priests of Baal, you sacrifice a bullock, but don't light the fire and you call on your God and see if he sends fire, and I'll call on Jehovah and see if he sends fire, and the God who sends fire, let him be God. And everybody goes, yeah, that's cool. Jesus said, the Lord said to me, when he began to speak to me out of that, he says, your responsibility to bring a demonstration of the power of God to your community. Friend, you can stand on the street corner and you can say Jesus is Lord, but the people don't know. There are so many gods. There are so many things that are being promoted as the answer to your life. If you'll just do this, if you'll just go there, if you'll just buy into this philosophy. But when the fire falls, come on somebody, they do not know, they do not have an answer. That's what signs and wonders are about. It makes people wonder, what the heck was that? They've got no explanation. They've got no reference point. They've got no paradigm. And so they have to acknowledge that God is among us, hallelujah. And so the kingdom is a, requires both proclamation and demonstration. And, you know, there's a progression in, in Scripture that we can look at where John the Baptist, um, you know, he comes and, and it says in Luke 16, 16, that from the time that he came, up until that time, the Old Testament prophets and law were proclaimed, the Old Covenant. And then it says from that time on, uh, John the Baptist came and he said, from, since that time, the good news of the kingdom is being preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. In other words, if you understand what the kingdom's about, you want to be in. You do not want to be out. And so, so people are pushing into it because now there's a new message has come to Israel. It's not the old covenant. It's not the old law. There's a new covenant. Something's different's happening. And the kingdom, of, and he starts saying, repent, the kingdom of God is coming because Jesus, it says of, of him in Matthew 4, 17, that from that time, he began to 
preach and to say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here, or the kingdom of God is here. From that time, in fact, all of Jesus' preaching and teaching was derived from that one message that is you need to change your mind because God wants to come right into your world. That's the message, see. And it was a, a crazy message for the people because they were so afraid of God, they wouldn't even mention His name. And now Jesus is saying, you need to turn around. Repent means change your direction, change the way you think, change the way you see things and begin to realise that this God you're terrified of is bringing in a new order of things and now He wants to come right into your life. And that's the message of the kingdom. There's a primary message for the church to preach that Jesus and all His risen power and glory wants to come right into the middle of your life. He wants to love on you in such a way that you're totally made new, that you're totally healed up. You're set free from everything that restricts and damages and distorts your life. And the proof of it is that He will heal you and He will set you free and He will protect you and He will provide for you. Come on, somebody. And uh, so, message of the kingdom. And of course, He teaches the disciples the same thing and and uh, talks about healing the sick, the kingdom is near. When demons are driven out, the kingdom is near. He teaches the 12 and later the 70 sent out with the same message, the same power. He said to them, I give you power over all demons and to heal every sickness and disease. Now go in my name. He didn't say set up church and invite them in. He said, go. How we know you're called to go? Come on. Now it gets quiet. Come on. You're called to go. Come on, Go. Go with the presence, go with the power, go with the anointing, go with the life. Come on, come on. That's why you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you can go with that. And, and so the early church, of course, right through that uh, era, same message, same demonstration of the power of God. And now it is our responsibility and privilege for you guys on the screen. Oh, thank you. You've caught up. I skipped over a few there. <laughs> Look at this. It's our responsibility and privilege to bring the realities of heaven to earth. The revelation of the Father's heart, the miracles of healing and de deliverance, the church really within the kingdom, the atmosphere and culture of unconditional love, total acceptance, unbelievable peace, unexplainable joy, undeserved grace. That's the message of the kingdom, my friend. And now it's our privilege, our responsibility to share that message and to back it up with demonstrations of the power of God and seeing people set free, seeing people healed, seeing people not just Christianized, but born again by the power of God, having an encounter with God that transforms their life forever. Hallelujah. I love this. I gotta tell you, I never feel more alive than I do right now. And when I'm in the midst and we're talking about this stuff, because this is where the life flows. This is where it's at. It's not about, you know, so often we, we complicate things, get caught up in all sorts of religious stuff. But actually, the message of the kingdom is very simple. It's very powerful and it's totally transformational. <laughs> and this is what Christianity is all about. Anything less than that is just a shadow of what God intends. And the idea of a New Testament church or a New Testament Christian being without power is not a biblical concept. It's not a concept. You don't see that in Scripture. You can try and make the Scriptures say that. I grew up in a, in a movement that 
tried to make the scripture see that. The problem was I read my Bible from the time I was very young. And I remember debating with the elders at the age of 10 about some of the doctrine. Because they were telling me these things weren't for today, but the Bible says they are for today. And so now God has poured out his spirit on us in order for us to be both, both to be different and to do different things that we can't do. God calls you to do what you can't do. And he gives us the ability to do it. That's, what the, that's the purpose of Pentecost. The pastor James has been talking about all the way through is that you and I might really begin to walk on the earth in the full authority out of communion and fellowship with God, walking in dominion in the earth. And these are the days when the words of the prophets of old are to be fulfilled. Habakkuk 2 and verse 14, he said this, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He's saying just like the sea is filled with water. How many know that's true? He said just like that, the whole of the earth is going to be filled, not just with the glory of God, but with the knowledge of the glory of God. People are going to know about the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is the revelation of His awesomeness, His power, His authority, His love, His grace, His mercy. It's all to do with the character of God and the nature of God. And it says in John 2 and verse 11, when Jesus changed the water into wine, that they saw the glory of God. Miracles revealed the glory. And when the prophet of old says the whole earth is going to be covered with the knowledge of the glory, of God, it means God is looking for places and people like you and I and like this church that will stand up and begin to believe for and pay the price for a significant move of His Spirit in signs and wonders and miracles. So at least we're responsible that in this region, in this city, in our neighbourhood, in our workplace, the people around have a knowledge of the glory of God. They may not like it, they may not understand it, they may not be able to accept explain it, but they're going to be exposed to things that will make them say, you couldn't do that. It must be your God. You couldn't live like that. You couldn't come through things like that. You couldn't be effective in life like that if it wasn't for your God. Yeah. And so these are the days. And it's my privilege this morning to share with you the good news about the Kingdom of God. That King Jesus is alive and well. (laughs) That He paid the price for your salvation through His sacrificial death, His resurrection from the dead. Rose up from the dead with with the power of the same Spirit that lives in you and I. And now He lives and reigns as supreme King and ruler over all things. And right now today, here in this place, He's reaching out to every one of us with His incredible love, freely offering forgiveness and cleansing from all sin, freely offering us eternal life in heaven, healing from all our brokenness and sickness and poverty and fears and insecurities. He's offering to each and every one of us absolutely freely and abundant life overflowing with His love, with His provision, with His protection. The greatest miracle of all 
is that you and I can be born again. By the Spirit of God. Oh, I'm not talking about become religious or turning over a new leaf. I'm talking about Jesus coming into your life in such a powerful way that the Bible says you become a new creature. You're totally made anew from the inside out. Not because of your commitment, your dedication, how smart you are, how educated you are, how religious you are, but by the grace and mercy of God, as you open your heart up to Jesus, He just comes into your life and turns it all around. He said, just like you were born from natural parents and you got a human body, now you can be born of the Spirit and become part of a spiritual family, the family of God, where God is no longer that God up there, but He's my heavenly Father. And I live to experience His love and walk with Him, listen to His voice, feel His arms around me. (laughs) Changes everything, friend. And then amongst any group of people like this, There are probably three types of people, people that fall into three different categories. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never really opened up your heart and life to Jesus. Maybe you've never understood why you should or what the point of that was. And so you don't really have a relationship with the Lord Jesus and probably don't understand a lot of what's been said here this morning. But you have an opportunity today, right here and now, to just simply say, Jesus, I'm making a decision to follow you. I want you to come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. Maybe there's another group of people here and, and you did do that. You did walk with the Lord, but things have happened and you know that you're not quite right with Him. You're not quite walking with Him in the intimacy of relationship that you would like. It's not that they're all leaving because of my preaching, just in case you're wondering. They're just going to get on with some other things. But there's an opportunity for you today to come and just open up your heart to Him again. How many know God is a a God that is the God of the second chance and the third chance? And I'm not suggesting you should have to need all of those chances, but sometimes we do. And maybe you're one of those people today and you need to make a shift and make a change and make a new decision and say, Jesus, here I am. Come and fill me again. Come and touch me again. Come and break the stuff off my life again. And then there's a whole bunch of people here. You've already committed your life to Jesus. You're walking with Him and you're just enjoying the journey. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.